Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Uh, this is Dan once again coming to you from the wood shop at the DTM Enterprises. That's our little uh, makeshift studio for the time being. It seems to work pretty good for this. Uh, a little dusty and I've been making some sawdust prior to uh, our guest today arriving. So I'll go ahead and get on that. The uh, announcing uh, Eric is with us today. He's uh, come in to, to tell his story um known eric probably a year and a half or mm-hmm. so someplace yeah. in that neighborhood uh like once again these guys that have come into this uh home group we have are just like fantastic guys i can't imagine having a support group around me that is uh us any better I, I said at the end of the last episode i said uh if you don't think your home group's the best one in the world then get to looking you know and yeah. like i said my home group is the best in the world I have the best sponsor in the universe, and if you don't think yours is, get to looking for yours because he's out there someplace. And uh, and this support group, I can say the same thing. You know, got this uh, bunch of men around us, and 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 um, I just know that long as I continue to stay connected with them, there's just no way that I can like fall. It's not possible. You know, uh, as long as I keep my wires connected with everybody else's. Uh, I'm in that safe and protected zone that the book promises me. So Eric's here today. Uh, what have you been up to um, today, yesterday? What's going on just lately? Just get in a life, little chatting going. In life in general? We'll get uh, to your story in just a minute. Uh, today was my usual Thursday. I, uh, I go to aftercare, which is one of my favorite meetings. It's not uh, technically, I guess, a meeting, but it helps. it's helped with my recovery since I started getting sober it's aftercare to place you went to treatment right right so i did uh a rather short treatment in comparison to some people i i did uh five days in inpatient treatment detox Uh, detox yes uh to get a control to the point where they felt medically happy with me leaving um and then i agreed to do outpatient treatment um and going into that, I had no idea what I was agreeing to, what I was signing up for. Um, you know, I I make the joke that it's not really a joke because it's where my mindset was when I started. Was you know I'm I'm was going into recovery because I knew that there was a problem, but I thought recovery was to teach me how to you know drink like a gentleman or you know controlled yeah chaos type of thing um it's kind of saying i don't think anybody's actually prepared for abstinence you know you mean i gotta quit come entirely yes yes and And everything everything yes hold on a minute well and and kind of the funny thing about that is the that even though i i told myself you know i'm doing this and i'm doing this you know stuff was leaking through you know i was i mean I have Chris as my counselor, um, so you, you know you're a sponsor, so that that kind of gives you a, a fair amount of the cheat codes. Oh yeah, for staying yeah. sober at yeah, the that's beginning. That's a good way to put it. Um, and you know, I like that. That's why I go to that aftercare meeting. It's a blend of people who are raw recovery, man, like sober for a couple days, right? And, you know, they, it's mixed with people who have come through the system and it's mixed with people who have gotten out, gotten some good sobriety under their belt. And, 
you know, it kind of lets that blend, you know, so you don't forget about what flight of stairs you've been falling down oh, for years right, and yeah. years and years. Yeah, you know, you don't even get that kind of, we said earlier when we were talking beforehand, keeping it green is the words I heard people say about our yeah. recovery. And and, uh, and you, you don't really get to keep it that green in AA meetings even, you know, because there's just not too many raw people just walking in the door at a meeting. You know, they've usually been to a treatment place or something like that. Right. So they at least got a little bit of something underneath them. But in a treatment joint, you're getting people who are, you can be really, really raw and on a regular feed of them too. Well, and it's a very different dynamic when you share at an aftercare with people who are, you know, don't even have a week under their belt because the stuff that I might talk about in an ongoing AA meeting with people who've been through the book or, you know, people are part of my support system, stuff like that. They understand a little bit more of the lingo or, you know, the stuff that I've been through. Whereas, you know, people in aftercare, dude, they're, they're just trying to get the, the shakes to stop man yeah they're just they're all they hear is that high-pitched buzz in the back of their head and it's like when when the hell is when the hell are they going to shut the fuck up so i can get out of here yeah yeah you know it sounds like charlie i always says all that lingo sounds like charlie brown's teacher talking you yeah. know or parents or whichever one to whack 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 you know and you're like and but there was little drips and drops got leaked in as you sit around and listen and start picking it up if you'll do that old thing i keep coming back well that's kind of where my nickname came from too is my early sobriety coming through because i went after care and then i you know i had to do the meetings right so had to go to those meetings i had to go to three meetings a week you know and so i ended up because of my sponsor and the people that i kind of started surrounding myself with in early recovery they took me to you know a meditation meeting with a lot of old sobriety in there. To me, the spiritual underground. Good, healthy sobriety in there, you know? So I was kind of not weaned on this stagnant, dead sobriety that I've found in other meetings. Not saying that, you know, if you find a good meeting, that's great. But to me, I need, I need that, man. Uh, I think we talk about it quite a bit, man. I didn't have any... I didn't have any limits on my depravity so i'm not gonna put any limits on my sobriety either amen you know and that's what i needed man i needed those rich meetings with people who were challenging themselves challenging each other that was that was one of the things that kind of that was like the first moment where i said okay i can do this sobriety shit that everybody's talking about that i think is bullshit at the beginning you know how can you be happy like without a drink in your hand how can you be happy without pills in your hand you know how can i live that life it's boring as hell right yeah so uh, had a friend or sponsee actually say he had run into somebody the other day and then one of the questions when he told him you know first off they were just like completely blasted blown away that this guy was sober because mm-hmm. uh that was probably in this person's eyes impossible and apparently they were having some issues with their stuff too and you know how that works, and uh, the, he 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 said he was really, really landed this question when she asked it. Really landed on him. She looked at him and she goes, "What do you do?" <laughs> like, and he's like, "Man, you know." He said, "How do I answer that question?" You know, uh, I think uh, I think that there's a real simple question to that answer to that question. Probably, what do you do? I live. 
yeah. today. I actually live a life worth living today. Not I'm not just surviving right. the wave yeah. anymore. I'm living a life that, and you know, that's you know, part of me doing this, part of me continuing to do things that challenge myself is, you know, I've got I've got to grow. I've got to continue to move because shit, I can be miserable, be drunk. Yeah. Yep. And I know I'm going to stagnate if I don't continue. Mm -hmm. That book says over and over again and everything about it has continue to do this, continue to enlarge your spiritual life, continue to grow, continue to grow in understanding and effectiveness. You know, it's continue, continue, continue. You know, I need to continue to add on to my to my recovery uh, in or what's uh, I think is Bob Earl says continue to improve the quality of my life in recovery. Unlimited possibilities. Yeah. Unlimited potential. And I, I mean, that's, that's what I'd done for so long is limit my potential with numbness or apathy or whatever it was. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things I, I've known about, cause I knew way before I came into recovery that I was an alcoholic, that I had an issue, <laughs> um, that I felt different, man. Um, just life in general, I felt like that windshield wiper that's left on on a dry window that just squeaks, man. I yeah. never felt like I was in my groove, that sh- that life was smooth for me. I love the metaphors, man. I, my mind works really well with that, and I like <laughs> that one, too. Um, but, I mean, that's that's how it was for a long time, is that I needed to have that drink, that lubrication yeah. of the the woes of my world. That's a really cool way to put it. So, I, and this, since what I found since I've been in recovery is I was filling that emptiness that I had with numbness and apathy, you know, I felt like shit and I didn't want to feel it. And that was just a survival tool. Um, and since I've been in this program and finding out that Oh shit! You can give yourself a chance in life, man. You can you can dig you can dig your way out of that garbage, man. Uh, it's dude, it really has just gotten better. I mean, I think I'm just crested over 19 months of sobriety. Yeah, man. Congratulations. Thanks. Cool stuff. I I after getting through the fir- the first hump of you know, what the fuck am I going to do? Uh, how am I going to survive? You know, those kind of things, you know, am I going to, am I going to be bored? Am I going to have the same friends? Uh, the answer is, I mean, even if I was still out in the madness, I can't answer those questions. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, but I'm giving myself a chance, you know, stay in the fight. Right. Uh, book I'm reading right now, uh, is by, you know, David Goggins book. Yeah. Right. Uh, can't hurt me. And it's about, you know, his and that's, I path. think that's a second, because I was at the bookstore last night, and I was looking, and I don't think it was, I think this book, this is a brand new book, right? Yeah. Uh, the book that I saw, so it's called Can't Hurt Me? Can't Hurt Me, Mastering Your Mind. Huh, okay. Yeah, because I looked, I picked up a book, it was a Grogan's book, and, mm-hmm. and but it, I'm almost positive it was not this newest one. Well, I don't know, I be... Has it got him in a white suit in the front? Yeah. Yes, it is, huh? Yeah. Huh. And then it's in the background, it's like the shadows picture of, of his old of his old self, self. yeah of, i mean yeah okay well i guess it was the right book in you know if something was telling me it wasn't but go ahead but uh no i mean that that's his big thing is um 
you know, he's, he's all about mental toughness and, and, and uh, owning your shit. Uh, you know, a lot of times we sit, settle down into this, I was wronged or, you know, this bullshit hand that, you know, life has handed us or this and that. And his whole thing is like, I mean, you can whine and bitch and complain about it, but it's yours to own. Yeah, like you yeah. got to get better or you don't. Another one of them ones I like it. I heard it says, I am no longer on the bottom of the victim pile. Yeah. I am. Cause I climbed under that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and. I mean, I, I hear a lot of guys talk about, you know, I was living in my car, you know, family left me, this left me, that left me, you know, I'm a very high bottom drunk. Um, not that I didn't put family and friends through the fucking ringer. Um, I mean, that's, that's another story, I guess, but I doesn't mean I haven't lost things. Um, and I've made my mistakes, but that is kind of the purpose of this recovery is righting those wrongs. Right. Yep. You know, owning my shit, moving forward. You know, that, that was what I was going to say about David Guy, man, always in the fight. Got to stay in the fight. Yeah. That dude definitely is. Yeah. And I mean, dude, I have no near, nowhere near the amount of tenacity that guy's got, like running on broken legs and all sorts of crazy shit that he doesn't, you know, talks about in that book. That's his life story. But, you know, that's what I do now, man. I, I read these books about motivational people, you know, people who survived. Um, the, the quote that you gave me from Teddy Roosevelt, man, I, I, fucking love that quote man the daring one that contains the daring greatly thing yeah, yeah. daring greatly oh man that that sh- shit gives me chills up my spine every time i read it yeah. like i've thought about reading it on here before i uh i had uh because i keep it handy i actually picked up a teddy roosevelt book last night hell let's read it uh yeah picking those things up uh here it is it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best know, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Theodore Roosevelt. That is one of the coolest. You know, I got it from Brene Brown. She reads yeah. it in that book, and that's what the title of that book come from. So. Yeah. But I mean, if that doesn't give you cold chills, I mean, to me that yeah. to me, that's just like it was, you know, like a lot of things after you walk out of the madness, like you kind of start hearing your story when you start looking for it. You know, you start seeing it replayed with, you know, in the world around you, you know, find these like motivational things out of the blue things, you know, 
before when I was in the madness and, you know, there was coincidences, right? Right. Um, it's a co-incident, right? It's an incident. You're just taking part in it. Um, I, you know, I, there's not a bunch of random bullshit in life. I don't feel like, I, I feel like it's, I, as weird as this is going to sound to people who are young in recovery or I, I don't look at being an alcoholic as a detriment. I look at it as addressing the fact that I'm an alcoholic has given me a, it's given me freedom. Uh, it's given me a support group where I can be real. Yeah. I can, I can pour out the bullshit that goes through my head on a regular basis. Right. And you know, my support group helps me survive that. I mean, it hasn't been all roses and, and gold bricks since I got sober. Um, it's been more good days than bad ones, but I've had a, a fair set of some challenges since. Yeah. Um, and that's really where the meat and potatoes is in this thing. Is like, you know, it is uh, time and time again. It's, when everything is going well, it's pretty easy to stay okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when um, life's certain trials and low spots, and when them bumps in the road, that's where I need something to hold on to, man. I need a, a, a panic bar to grab a hold of so that I can ride out that bump. And that's what this support with this group of guys and this, this program has given me. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the support's there. Uh, you know, I, I remember when I, you know, I've got a certain situation that's going on right now. Do you want to like, you, do you want to like begin? Like what I like to do is like to give you your sobriety date and you mm-hmm. kind of go from like, sure. is from wherever you feel like, and we'll okay. get to that story. I think as sure. we do this. Okay. Um, my sobriety date is six twelve seventeen. 17, uh, the day after my birthday. Yeah. Uh, a lot. I know a lot of people come in after big events you yeah know. yeah mine's a new year's day new year's day yeah um my i, I guess what well, that's that's where i'll start i'll start with coming in there you go uh so to come in I gotta, i'm gonna back up just a hair uh september 13th uh 2016 uh my father and my best friend passed away um, I was holding his hand when he died. Um, I had always in my mind had, I'd always known that he was going to pass away fairly young. Um, he helped to ingrain that in me. Mm-hmm. He was very much a fatalist. Um, but like I said, I mean, he, when I say he was my best friend, I mean, he literally my whole life was my best friend. Um, but the day that he passed away was the day I signed the papers for closing of my first house. He never got to see. Um, two months after that, I got married, which he never got to see. Um, so fast forward to right before I came into recovery. Uh, his birthday is May 25th. Um, it's about you know two weeks and change away from my birthday. So I, I had a little bit of a Irish wake, pity party, yeah. missing my dad. Um, and then my birthday hits. Well, my birthday hits like a truck. I'm going for it, man. 
going scotch, going vodka, whatever, man. And I wasn't one of these, you know, I, I, I could drink wine. I can drink beer. I was a, I'm going hard liquor. I'm going, it's going warm. I don't need ice. I don't need anything mixed with it. If I added a mixer to my alcohol, it was because I didn't want the people around me to think I was insane for being able to drink piss warm liquor in the middle of the day. Um, so I went for it, man. And at that point, work had pretty much been fed up with me. Uh, there wasn't the discussion about, hey, we're going to fire you, but I'm sure it was on the agenda. Um, so I ended up going into work. I, I, you know, people say hungover. I didn't have hangovers. I had active fighting for your life detox symptoms. Really? All the time. If I didn't have a drink in me, oh, dude, it was bad. Wow. And so June 12th, 2017, I was in work. I was in the office. And the, the woman who sits next to me, in the pod next to me, um, she looked at me, and she was like, dude, you need, to, you need to get the fuck out of here. Like, she's like, you look like shit. Are you all right? Like, like don't, like, go home and get a nap. Like, go to the hospital, like, fucking now. Like, something's wrong. Um, I would type it on the computer, and, like, I, if I would hit a key, it would, five of the letter would pop out. That's how Ooh, bad I was shit. Yeah. So... You know, I made up some bullshit, went to my boss. I was like, I got to go. It's like, okay. I go home, and that's pretty much when I made the decision. Like, dude, I, I can't keep actively killing myself on a daily basis. Um, I called my wife, and I called my mom. And I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. I didn't really give anyone... Uh, a way to talk me out of it. I said, you know, look, this is where I've pushed things. There is no gentle stepping down of the situation. Like, I, I need to go into detox. I need to get a fucking handle on this. Um, and at that time, I was scared, man. I was fucking scared. Uh, you know, I'd heard the horror stories about people stroking out, seizures, the whole nine, and Unfortunately, I read and go on WebMD yeah, right. and take myself down those fucking rabbit holes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was like, look, I need to do this. And if I'm going to do it, I need to I need to fucking do it where I can't just phone it in. It's got to be legitimately jarring to the life that I was living. Um. My wife took me into the hospital, uh, the Brook. I don't, don't know if they'll care. I said it, but I, don't I went. Think in, so. uh, I went into the Brook, and uh, dude, my, I was shaking so bad I couldn't fill out the fucking paperwork. Man. Really, my wife had to fill out the paperwork for me. Um, I saw the look on her face when I was talking to the counselor, and they were going to decide whether or not I could be admitted. Mm. Uh, she's crying, man. Uh, I'd wedged her into a corner, man. Like, she's just sitting here watching, just watching this shit. Like, and she wanted me to be better. She wanted me to not be like that. But, you know, you can, it's just like 
we say in recovery, man, you can want to not have cancer. You can want to not be a diabetic, but it doesn't mean you don't need chemotherapy yeah. or insulin, man. You need, you need the fucking treatment. help yeah. treatment. So that's what I did, man. Uh, I went into treatment and, uh, it was fucking, you know, they take your shoelaces, take your belt, you know, take, take this, take that. I still have hoodies that uh, my hoodies that I have nope. in the closet don't have no strings in them. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, you know, I've never been arrested, never been, dude. I've never at this point in my life, I've never had a speeding ticket. Whoa. And uh, going so that institutional. Yeah. That was very eye opening to me. I was that slick talker, man. I talked my way out of fucking anything, man. And here I am signing myself up to go in, right? But it wasn't me signing myself up to go in. It was my disease had already written that fucking check. And I knew that it was death or sobriety. Like there wasn't a middle ground for me anymore. I'd pushed it too hard, too long. Um, for there to be any middle ground, I've you know I've lost the uh, what is it the, the lost the privilege of that in my life, and I knew I'd known that, and so as much as I want to say that I you know in the back of my head I I wanted to learn how to drink like a gentleman or anything like that, I knew that wasn't a fucking option. I knew me. I wanted that wholeheartedly. I wanted that. I wanted to be able to use this crutch. To, to exist in the world around me that um, I felt so empty in. And I was scared, man. Fuck, I, I can't survive a couple hours without a drink and shaking my shaking like the San Andreas, man. You can tell me I got to live the rest of my life without a drink? You know? Uh, so I was scared, man. Uh, and, dude, this is the weirdest fucking story. While I'm in inpatient, locked away, uh, there's a lady that was in there, schizophrenic. Dude, I mean, I can't even give you a good view of how this woman was. She was so insane. And I didn't really talk about myself much when I was in inpatient to the people that were around me. I mean, there was a couple people, it was just general shit, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this lady, this batshit crazy lady, looks at me one morning, and I, you know, I try to keep my eyes down, you know, don't engage, don't engage, don't engage. Well, (laughs) she looks at me and says, hey. And I'm like, okay, I start a conversation with somebody else, you know, you know. Try to do that. She finally is like screaming across the room at me. Hey, hey, hey. Like, yeah. She looks at me dead in my eyes and says, I was just talking to your father, and he's in heaven, and he wants you to know that he's proud of you. Wow. And fucking goes back to her crazy bullshit. Like, yeah. doesn't, just, I mean, just walks off. And, dude, I, that one, cool. that one fucked me up. Dude, that was like right to the spine. Because, I, I mean, there's no reason that that conversation should have happened. Amazing. So one of the one of the many signs I had early on that I was 
moving in the right direction. Right. Higher power attaboys that, yeah. that those nudges that process of coming to believe we talked about the yeah. other night. Those kind of things is things that lead you to that like you said, then you know you're walking the path you're supposed to be walking. You know, to, that was like I think my first moment of willingness. You know, that because I I'd always had like my version of the higher power is what it's always been. I'm repairing that relationship. Yeah. Um, but I never agreed with anyone who told me this is how you pray or this is what your God should be. That, that never worked for me. And I never fucking believed that. Um, if anything, the thing that I had a problem with when it came to the higher power thing is how could I be forgiven for the shit that I'd done? Um, the years that I'd wasted, you know, and, uh, you know, that was the first, that like, just that moment of sheer insanity and only out of that person's mouth would it have actually carried weight. The, the, the words coming from her mouth that I would have never given credence to in any other situation. For some reason, that one kicked me in the ass to give me enough of a willingness to be like, okay, if you're sane and you tell me that, I'm like, okay, thanks. But you're batshit crazy and have no reason to speak to me and you say that to me. Like, that, <clears throat> I mean, that was like my jump start into, okay, it's time to start living a new way. You know, there's shit out there you don't understand. And, uh, and you hadn't said anything to people in the treatment yeah. joint about this happening or. Yeah. And that was, I mean, like I was saying, you know, that was the slippery slope that it was one of, I, cause I don't feel like I really grieved or mourned the right way when he passed away. So his birthday came around and that's when I was, I was like, I'm going for it. Um, I, I think it's very disrespectful to him now uh, saying that, you know, I, I used, you know, that was my excuse Dude, I didn't need a fucking excuse. Right, yeah. Day ended and why? That was my excuse. Good day, yeah, bad day. Right. Happiness, celebration, depression, sadness. Fuck it. It may have been more amped up on certain days, but you know, I was I was an equal opportunity employer for my sickness. Yeah. And a reason. I, mean, I to like do to it. have an excuse. Yeah, uh, that I could kind of tell myself, but I was going to do it one way or the other. Yeah. It really didn't matter if I had it or not. Well, to me, it was justification. Right. I want like I, dude, I hand over fist, man. I wanted bad shit to happen to me because I know and I'll have fucked up that sounds, but definitely at the end, man, I wanted that bad shit to happen to me because then I could justify it to you. You know, the third party. To, to my wife, to, to my family, to my mother, you know, this is my justification for why I'm a fuck up. Come feel sorry for me. Come get on the parade of, of the pity party for Eric. Right? Yep. Martyrdom. Yeah, I don't. And that justification was, I, you know, I feel, I felt like. If they were, you know, they could understand how 
this situation was bad in my mind, then they wouldn't give me shit and let me stick to my, you know, disease that I was feeding. Right. Keep on doing what you've been doing and have a reason. That came over, you know, I guess it's that. If you knew, you know, if you were dealing with what I'm dealing with, you'd drink too. Yeah. And I've, I've actually... Um, I've, I've noticed that, especially like in, I, I, non-honest interactions I've had uh, probably the whole time, but I've, I've noticed it much more since, uh, coming out of the madness is a lot of interactions that you have with people who especially aren't very genuine, uh, generally just tend to be, um, Asking for forgiveness, asking for permission, gratification, you know. Yeah. Th- those kind of interact. Like, people don't tell you a story. They get you on, they're trying to get you on their side yeah, a lot of times. Like selling you something. Selling me something. This is why work sucks. And this is who's wronged me. Yeah. Instead of, you know, oh, I mean, I fucked up too. You know, not much, not much ownership um, and stuff like that. Um, but I go and so back into the, you know, I was into the brook. Uh, and while I was in the brook, I kind of, you know, I had very limited contact with my wife, uh, phone calls, uh, at night and she could come once a week, twice a week, um, to visit, to visit. Yeah. And that that was rough, man. Just seeing her having to live life on the outside while I'm on the inside, you know, and self-inflicted inside. You know, I wasn't ordered in by the police or and so. And I always felt like in her mind it was, did you really have to go in? Like abandonment. Yeah, abandonment. Like you just want to run and hide. Um, and knowing my personality at the time. Uh, I can see why she would say it. You know, I'd abandoned her emotionally a lot of times. You know, yeah, I'm a runner. Yeah. That's my 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 number one conflict avoidance tool is to run, mm-hmm. <laughs> shut down. Uh, well, they, you know, I I read somewhere, you know, if, if for a man who hates himself, to to really see the extent in which he hates himself, see how he treats the people he loves. Uh, Cause that's where it plays out. There's no more damage I can do to me. Like that, that it's a cask at that point. Yeah. So I got to start injuring those people who love me because they still love me. Yeah. There's still a heart there. I have no heart for me. So this person loves me. I got to injure them. Wow. And, uh, God love her. God love my whole family, man. Cause they put up with some shit. I'm I'm when I said I was a high bottom drunk, I, I was a high bottom drunk because of everyone else's effort, not because of my own. Just just enough to squeak by. Everybody else kept me floating yeah, kept above the float. fucking swamp, man. Yeah, that's I think that's a relatively typical thing for us is that uh these other people enable us essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. If we'd have slapped the bottom maybe sometime earlier. Had we not been propped up. I definitely, uh, there's at least three times in my 
drinking career that there's no reason I should have survived. You know, I literally slapped the bottom. Uh, when I was 20, I had 19 shots of vodka in me and fell down a flight of stairs, smashed my head open wow. on a concrete landing. Yeah. Lived through that. Went to the doctor the day after that. No, 48 hours after I did that. Then I decided to go to the doctor. Uh, and doctor's like, takes CAT scan, takes x-rays, does the whole nine yards. And he's like, I don't... He's like, I don't see any cracks or breaks. I don't see... He's like, it's a good thing you weren't drinking, and it's a good thing you didn't fall asleep because it would have killed you. Hmm. He's like, yeah. Roger that. I'm out. And they couldn't even stitch me up. It had been so long since huh. the situation had happened. But, I mean, that's just one... I mean, there's plenty of stories I don't right. remember yeah. that I lived through. Um, but, yeah, I, you know... But you know, when I say that bottom, I know we like I kept on bouncing off the bottom, and like what I like to say is I kept on finding every time I hit a bottom, I found that there was a trap door in it. Yeah, you know that I could escape somehow or another, uh, and and you know at some point you know, you finally end up and there's no real you know that's the like the common dilemma around recovery is how do you deliver somebody that bottom which sticks you know whatever it is you know because I mean right. for one guy. It can be losing a girlfriend for another guy. You has to go kill his buddy, you know, yeah. in a car wreck. You know, you just it, it, we can try to figure out what sends you to go and be receptive for the help. Well, the science behind it is you've got to override the amygdala portion of the brain. It's the fear center is usually what helps it stick. For you have to get so scared that the part of your brain that's fight or flight says I don't give a shit about dopamine which is one of the strongest neurotransmitters in your body in your brain it says I don't give a shit about this anymore we have to survive interesting um, and for me I'd kind of burned out a lot of my survival instinct um I needed I needed some clarity. That's what I needed. I knew I didn't want to feel that way. I knew I didn't want to live that way. Um, even when I was hammered, I knew I was miserable. I knew I was miserable hiding it, lying, hurting, you know. Uh, but an initial scare, I'd proven that that shit wouldn't work. Um. And dude, I needed I needed fucking proof. And you know that crazy lady in the brook telling me my dad was looking down on me from heaven for no fucking reason. That was my first. Pay attention. Start paying attention, dude. You're gonna do this. Pay attention. Yeah. Um. And I did. I uh, I, I started paying attention. And I was. A lot of bullshit and posturing at the beginning. Fake it till you make it. Learning how to get my feet on, you know, under me. Um, but the longer I, I just kept coming around. I kept doing the thing. Kept taking suggestions. Um, and that's, you know, I get get a week under my belt. Get thirty days. Get. 60 get 90 <clears throat> and i attribute that to 
you know, like I said, my family and my friends, you know, it carried me uh, through my alcoholism. My support group carried me through the beginning of my recovery. Um, they were there for me if I needed something. I called. Uh, they understood, you know. And they were the first people to kind of tell me, it's okay to say this sucks. Yeah. It does suck at the beginning. You've done a lot of damage. It's time to rewire some shit. Just hang out. Breathe. And then, like I was saying earlier, you know, my, my nickname, fucking Eric, it comes from how much of a live wire I was in early recovery. Everything was fuck this, fuck that. You know, this person's wronged me. That person's done this. You know, this is some fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now I say fuck a lot, too. Uh, but it's it's like it's a happy fuck. Like, uh, With a big smile on your face big, rather big than smile. a growl. Yeah. I'm, Scowl. Yeah. Not, I'm not trying to, to scare the townsfolk away from me anymore, you know. Uh, I'm like, this is fucking great. Fucking having a great time, you know. I get to do stuff like this. Yeah. Which I never would have fucking imagined. Yeah, me neither, man. Not in my wildest dreams. So. But, you know, that that is one thing that um, I learned in the, you know, from being in the spiritual underground, being around the support system I have is not to put limits on your sobriety. Um, never say always. Never say can't. I mean, the minute you start saying always can't. Never. Never. It's the minute that you're going to start seeing some shit change in an opposite direction. Uh, so my limits, I, you know, that, that's why I was saying, like, why I'm reading David Goggins' book, you know. He, he's a survivor in a different way, you know. Uh, and... Ha- I used to read all these books, these fiction novels. Sci-fi was my my thing. And I still do. I still read sci-fi. But, man, I've been just devouring true stories. Yeah. Um, survival stories. Uh, that, that, that military stuff is some of the stuff that I, I've been reading the hell out of. Um, you know, I got a great respect for veterans and... Uh, <laughs> My wine and ass would bitch because I couldn't, you know, couldn't drink on a Tuesday morning at 6.30 a.m. without people bitching at me. You know, these guys been through real shit. And I'm like, oh, but my life, but oh, what was me? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I've heard other people say, especially like in early recovery, because that is one of the things that's good about aftercare or, even, you know, Spiritual Underground, man, we, we've been attracting a lot of new faces. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it may be a little intense for some of the newcomers. Yeah. Definitely not like a lot of meetings out there. Nope. Um, but, you know, you can tell, man, the, the newcomer who really wants this shit, they go into the Spiritual Underground and hear people talking, honestly. Yep, it caught my ear right off the bat. Yeah. You know, don't fucking tell me you, you know, it's just another day. I'm fine. 27 years of sobriety. Like, great. I'm glad that, but, dude, tell me your challenges. You got, you had to fight a fucking war to get to where you are. And if you're that, I mean, if you're just miserable, then what the fuck is the point? Yeah. Or this, the, I guess the 
the fake I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm 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 good. We you know there's we talk or the you know and I'm all about what's in that big book, but just to sit and parrot what the big book says in yeah. a meeting doesn't do any, not to me. You know I'm a, I will bring it out to emphasize my points and to 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 show that that's the alignment that I work by in my life. But there's a lot more to talk about. Well, uh, do I mean we even I mean I I even see it at the spiritual underground, you know. Dudes will come up to you at the beginning of the meeting, fellowship, smile on their face. How is everything? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And then burning desire. First hand goes up in the fucking air. Yeah. Shit's gone wrong, man. It's gone south on me hard. I mean, I'm glad that they share in the burn, burning desire. That's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. just, but it's I mean, it's that, kinda, yeah. that knee jerk reaction. How yep. are you? Oh, I'm yep. fine. Yep. You know? Um, Plus, you don't want to, you don't want to launch your burning desire in the pre-meeting. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to. Cast your pearls to me. Cast it to the meeting. Um, but I, I needed dynamics and proof. And not proof that anybody else could point to. Because, honestly, I, I don't give a shit what anybody else says. Um, I, I, you know, I love other people's opinion or, you know praise or thought or this and that but something that's meaningful to me you know something that i can attribute to my higher power i can't explain that shit to anybody else where it would be meaningful i couldn't explain my higher power to someone and have it make sense so i just don't even try yeah i think there's much yeah value there i've always one of the things i've always said that that has impressed me about my sponsor is that uh he helped me find a higher power without telling me a damn thing about his. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. to hear four years yeah, later, I still, if somebody asked me, I couldn't really tell you. You were telling me that. And I was like, that's, that is, that is, you know, tap dancing on the edge without falling off either side. Yeah. Um, now I will say, uh, that, you know, I had already said that, you know, I already had a concept of the higher power that was uh, important to me. Uh, God knows he pulled me out of the fire so many fucking times. Hard not to believe in that shit. Um, But I don't think other people are supposed to understand that. You know, like... I love that there are people in AA that go to church and have religion. That that's great. Uh, for them, if it works, awesome. Uh, to me, my higher power could never be somebody who was like pick a team. You know, uh, that that immediate idea that in religion they break it up into different religions and then everybody's saying kind of the same thing but a little bit different a little twinge but if you don't believe this or you don't believe that so i think that was one of my issues i mean because i came into AA like this is a cult Mm -hmm. this is all bullshit it's just you know i didn't know what religion it was that was provocating this but i was i knew it was there was had to be a religion that had a hand in this, right? And uh, <laughs> that that the 
idea that I have a God of my own understanding. I think that gets misinterpreted. I don't fucking understand God. It's my God. That's what I understand. I'm not you supposed... you that the other night? That hit me pretty good. It hit me pretty hard when you said that the other night in the meeting. I mean, I, I'm not supposed to understand that. I'm just supposed to understand that he's there, you know? And I, I get kind of fucked up about saying he. Yeah. He's weird to me. Because where I've evolved in it, I, it's very personal. It's not a he, she yeah. thing. I do. I fall back, and again, I, I will thump that big book for a minute because the one thing it tells me is to not get hung up on the words. Yeah. Because we don't really have a language that's sufficient, right? So right. we just use the words we got. Right. I say God. I don't know that that's the right word. I say he. I, that's probably more of an upbringing thing that has been it trained is. in me more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, I have some friends who actually, and I know, I well, I don't know what they do. Uh, I have some friends that will refer she mm-hmm. regularly. You yeah. know, and that will kind of like, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll set me back on my heels a little, you know, and whatever reason it rocks me a little bit. I'm like, it makes my ears perk up. I don't disagree whatsoever. It just catches me because it's just not the same flow, you know? Well, uh, it, I kind of like it. I'm tickled by it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's so many little twinges, you know, that people, yeah. especially if you start going to mixed meetings. Um, like the meditation meeting I go to on Saturdays, um, they, they've gotten away from saying the Lord's prayer. They do the serenity prayer. Um, Chris early in my sobriety was talking about the Lord's prayer. Um, if you really go and break that prayer down, it's the most general, it's not asking, it's, that's another thing It's it's not asking for individual shit for me it's more of like a dual like forgive those who you know who trespassed against us you know it's a lot like the saint francis one where yeah. instead of you know let me instead it's, of comfort or that, instead of be comforted let me comfort and yeah. you know yeah so, so i mean i'm not telling anybody how to pray i'm just saying how i do it um like the serenity prayer i i, I say that differently than anybody else says it that i know of um, instead of saying, you know, God grant me the serenity, you know, I say, God grant us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change. You know, so it, it just adds another opportunity for me to kind of pray for the assistance of other people. Because I'm not the only one who's sick. Yeah, right. You know. I've heard people say, uh, we're going to do the we version of the serenity prayer, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I've never heard that. No. Nah. Yeah, I've heard people they have meetings that say that, you know. And, yeah. Uh, Rather than the I version, the right. grant me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd, it's something but to I get me it, out of my head, man. Yeah, sure, man. Um, you know, that that's one thing about, you know, I, my meditation and stuff. You know, what I, I kind of take into it is is prayer is me talking. Meditation is me listening. Right. You know? Yep. Um, and I'm rarely in the driver's seat in meditation. I may want to be like, hey, let's go down this road and let's figure this out and let's work on this and let's do this. That shit deteriorates like sand going, you know, right through my fingertips. Yep. And that's that's like the beauty of it to me, you know, because when you get those like deep dives in meditation, you know, and I had a lot of deep dives early in sobriety, kind of like fucking epiphanies. 
boom, boom, boom. And then you get you get to the other side of that where it, you know, might only come once every, you know, however many times. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, you kind of kind of let down a little bit from that part of the meditation. Um but everything is time, man. I don't I'm I'm trying to take myself out of the agenda. This needs to be done no, it needs to be done when it needs to be done. I've definitely been working on my patience um, in my current sobriety. Uh, I'm an alcoholic, man. I want everything right now. Yeah. I want it fucking beautiful. And if it's a shade different than what I thought of it in my head, if my expectation wasn't met correctly. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude. That's what I'm working on, man. Fucking... The shame, anger, expectation, those are, those were my pathways to falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. That word shame has been coming up. And as I look back at myself at times, for whatever reason, just that, you know, part of this thing, we say the spiritual awakening thing, mm-hmm. you know, to me, some of that is just a, like a eye opening thing where I can see today mm-hmm. things I couldn't see before. Uh, and my eyes are open awake. Uh, so yeah, it's it, the shame thing has been hitting me of, of how I operated and the way I walked around basically. And basically I walked around in a, in a, in a state of shame for years and I wouldn't have known, you know, um, it wasn't until lately that that really like landed on me the way that I had opportunities to travel, but I couldn't really, I hid. Mm-hmm. I want to like stay inside my perimeter here too. You know, I don't want to go too far outside my perimeter here. And I'm we're sitting in my house that I grew up in, so I mean, I literally didn't like to venture too far outside this perimeter because it wasn't safe. Right. Uh, and and I was afraid somebody would see that shame, you know, see me for who I was. And uh, yeah, that's a big word, that shame word. Yeah, it is, man. Weighs heavy. It's uh, a good open door to uh, years of my f- spiral. Um, but that was, I did, I did the steps to the best of my ability. Um, and I'm leaps and bounds more healthy than I've ever been in my life, but I don't believe that that works complete. Um, you know, all, to me, it's always seeking. There's more. There's more. I can smell more. I smell more. I smell more, right? Um, but th- this is one thing that I'll say, man. I, I you know, I, I said, you know, I'm not ashamed of being an alcoholic. Um, I'm ashamed of some of the things that I did while in the madness. But you know, to my, to me, my higher power is funny. You know, the alcoholics change the world. You know, the steps, the support group, the fellowship, the meeting, like all those things. You have dudes who are extremely intelligent and women. Sorry, I'm not trying to be. Uh, For the record, exclusive. our home group and our inner circle is a male, is a is, men's is, group. Is, is so it does group, tend yeah. to lean that direction for us. Um, but. You know, you have all these people who are very intelligent. You know, a little bit broken in some areas. Uh, 
but they get to this point in their life where if they really find recovery, they really find that juice, that spark to fix that problem. They do, man. They work so fucking hard from that point on to better themselves and to better themselves by bettering others around them. Yeah. You know, be the change that you want to see in the world. Right. You know, it's that candle doesn't lose its light by lighting other candles. Yeah, exactly, uh, man. I mean, all those weird, like cliched, yeah. you know, bumper stickers you see driving around on the fucking road, man. It turns out they're true. Yeah, it's it's fucked up, man. Instead of just a bunch of people giving each other the middle finger in traffic all the time over bumper stickers, you know, maybe they should start reading them. Um, and dude, I'm so blessed i always have been but appreciating those blessings has been uh big for me you know i've been with my wife uh, 13 years wow uh been married for like i was saying earlier you know two uh bit of my fault late to the gun on the engagement I can relate to that too. I had to be pretty much pushed into that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really volunteer. Yeah, <laughs> I was too sick to volunteer for that. Yeah. Well, you know, she she saw me when it was fun party, Eric. Right. To living in the corner, sad, dark, Eric. She's been through all that. But uh, another God shot from me. Been with my wife thirteen years. Never had a scare of pregnancy i'm out of recovery let's do the math four months boom pregnant first baby i mean and literally i mean it wasn't a whole lot of trying uh and dude that kid is, i mean that kid's my miracle man yeah like, every day i see him it's just it, it doesn't matter like how piss poor I want to feel like something happened in my day. It's got me triggered. Dude, I look at that kid and he just, just smiles at me. I'm like, fuck, man. It's awesome. And dude, I could have never written that. Right. You know, my mind was, dude, it still does it today. The sickness inside my head today is, well, what if this happens? Would that give me, you know, the right to drink? You know? Hmm. I hear that a bit. What? The- that, that little thing of that's similar kind of thing of like that looking for not i don't know if that's the right thing but that that little deal where we'll look for the excuse what excuse is gonna be big enough it's not an active or conscious thing like i don't sit there and dwell on that shit i think that's like core disease kind of thing where that's part of this thing where we don't we're not choosing this that's in there and there's nothing we can really do to like make that completely go away well it's it's weird it's almost like my fucking brain it's almost like tumblers in a time lock you know, well, if this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens, does that un- magically unlock the vault of justification? Yeah. You know, so that my disease can get out and run rampant again. Right, yeah, and beyond my control. Now, when she, when Ashley was pregnant, oh shit, I shouldn't have said her name. I don't think her first names matter. Um, but when she was pregnant, she she was very concerned about carrying the pregnancy all the way through and then not you know having 
any complications and this and that. Um, and I just didn't, man. Like, I, I mean, I had my moments here and there where it was like, you know, this is, you know, like a shot of fear. But it wasn't that, like, overwhelming doom and gloom that I'd carried with me about, like, everything in my fucking life. You know, I just, I just knew. I was like, he's, he's healthy. He's going to be happy, you know? Like, you know, he, he could duck this addiction bullet, you know? Like, just all that stuff, man. And, you know, that's, that's one thing is, I, you know, there's tons of addiction just coming from me into his genetic pan. You know, that's not counting the history of the genetic yeah. pan. But now, let's say he, you know, he does grow up and he's got, he's got the gene, man. He's got the flavor for the venom, you know. I got tools now, you know. But I can't, cha- I can't change that fucking blood, man. I can't change that DNA. Yep. But I can prepare myself enough to help him. Yep. If it does come down to that, I think you can. I believe in some manifestation kind of stuff too, man. If I, if I'm, if I'm thinking that I can put that on him, I think we can put that on him. Yeah. In a way, uh, I think I can also do the opposite. I think I can keep that off of him in a way too by not. Uh, I have. I do believe at some level that we drive our our thought lives drive our oh, yeah. our destinies. So it's, I mean, at the very base level of it, like what I like to say, just for just an easy way to think about it. If I walk into an event, a party or whatever, with a feeling that this is going to suck, it usually does. Yeah, I'm carrying that <laughs> suck right into the party. Uh, and it, so then I can actually, I can actually manifest that out into life too. You know, if I think today, this to, when I wake up in the morning, if I think my work day is going to suck, it will. Yeah. And if I actually, the flip side of that is when I get up and one of the things I do is when uh, what we're, some of the stuff I were taught to do in this is to get up and, and ask this source energy, this higher power concept thing uh, to help us through our day and actually have some, you know, some confidence and some, be- some belief that, that it will and do things like meditate in the morning, which will set my tone for the day. Uh, and do the things that actually create my day before I start it, mm-hmm. then I get to have a good day, and I get to have another one and another one and another one. And I've learned that you know, I can you know, I won't. I'm on the edge of wanting to call it magic because what has happened to me in recovery has almost been that of a thing where I've been able to almost uh, once I started getting my feet under me, work these steps, and got into a position that I could actually harness this power to my benefit, this power greater myself that I do believe wants the best for me, this thing that does set up a system, a universe that, that has no limits for me. I, I make my own limits. That's mm-hmm. the only limit I really have. Then I get to walk through this world, and this, uh, the world is my oyster kind of, right. kind of deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely... I mean, so the same thing. I think I can put that on my gener- on my future generations in a way. Yeah, I can I can drive that destiny according to. And there's never uh, absolutes. That's everything. You know, there's no absolutes. I can't prevent something. You know, I don't want to get into making it that. Think I got some kind of magic wand or some kind of magic right. power that I can wiggle my nose, like uh, and and make something happen. But there is some validity to this. I believe. I watch it happen too many times in people's lives when we get this power positive thinking kind of thing going. 
that we can make things work out to our benefit. Uh, my friend says that she always is uh, asking for what the highest and best, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. You know, not not asking for something specific. Give mm-hmm. me the highest and best. I'm open to that. Right. No, I I I totally get that. I mean, I you know I very interested in science um and there's a lot in quantum physics that you know observation changes the entire experiment you know you bringing that energy into an experiment will affect it and um if you look at your brain i mean it's a huge processing system yeah. That's run on energy. Yeah. And if energy is positive that you're running your system on, it's giving you positive avenues to look at and directions to aim at. Because it's not looking at defense. Like, you know, playing on your heels is always a good way to get beat, right? right. Playing on your toes, you're moving forward, you're moving with advantage. And I mean that that right there. I mean that's, I mean observationally that changes the way that we approach things. If you go into your day thinking it's gonna suck, you're already on the defensive. You walk in the door, you're pissed off. The minute that somebody says something that, you know, if this motherfucker says this to me, you know, this happens. You know, drawing those lines in the sand, man. Don't draw the lines in the sand right, because yeah. it'll give you a chance to get your ass beat. Yeah, yeah that's another uh, metaphor. Things like walking into life like I'm uh, like I'm a prey species where I'm braced mm-hmm. for the danger at every moment. You know, right. I can't operate like that. I have to operate more in a full bloom, uh, almost in a predator type of yeah. situation where, where I am walking through where I have. You know, I, I am, I'm on my, I feel like I walk around with a cloud of air under my feet most of the time. You know, I feel light. I feel in charge in a way, you know. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm uh, in a positive displacement all the time rather than negatively. And you can feel that in people. You know, once you start getting that, this, I think some of this fourth dimension, sixth sense yeah. stuff is where, you know, you feel that shift in people wherever they're at. And uh, and I just don't I just don't allow myself to operate like that anymore. I just won't. It's a little bit of that grogging stuff, you know. Yeah. Is that I I refuse to be. I am no longer on the bottom of the victim pile, and I've refused to even begin to be pushed back under there. Yeah. And uh, you want that? Is you know he's got that saying. It's a, you know take don't he's like stop taking the path of least resistance. Growth comes from hard shit. Yeah. You know? Um, you build muscles by lifting heavy things. Yeah. And, you know, he's big. He's a firm believer on that. The only limitations that we have are the ones we put on ourselves. Yeah. You know, if I start agreeing that I'm a piece of shit because of someone else's opinion, then I'm going to start living like a piece of shit. Exactly. That's a limitation that they may have said to me, but I had to agree with. You know? And I mean, I came from a good upraising. You know, my my mom and my dad were awesome, very intelligent people, 
very loving people. Um, and, you know, I didn't come from that manic household you hear a lot of times in, in uh, AA. You know, this, this very fight-or-flight, survival-based home life. I didn't have Same that. Same thing here. I didn't have that at all. Um, I had this just nurturing, loving family system. And I was the one who disagreed. You know, I had these challenges. I had these problems. I didn't feel right. You know, the world owed me something. And it's, I, it's that it's 20 years plus shit. I was 12. So <laughs> you do the math. I was 12 and I'm going to be 40. So uh, when I started drinking, but I never accepted that I was part of the group, that I was good enough, or that, you know, and it's that windshield wiper on that dry window. Yeah. I just didn't feel right in my own skin. Get a couple whiskeys in me, yeah, man. Pull on a pair of khakis, I'll fit into any group in the world. Yeah. But I just, I just never felt... Part I, of. Yeah, part of. And, you know, it's the... It's a common theme amongst us all. It seems like, you yeah. know, there are some common things, and that's one of them that's trying to fit in, you know, and put that, put that, put that whatever mood changer, dopamine releaser is in me, and I could be me, you know, or I, I could be what I wanted to be, you know. And I look at them today, you know, and I kind of, there's a little bit of a parallel I come up on today was like, you know, I'm a little bit like I'm drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. Because now I can be this dude that I always kind of wanted to be without that in me though. Right. You know, I'm free of that. And I can be the boisterous joke around, uh, walk around like I own the place, uh, dude that I could only be at a certain level of drunk. Right. Cause if I overshot the mark, yeah. you know, and then I was, uh, the, right. the sloppy, uh, but I, I, that, that hit me this morning. I've been, I really have ramped up my meditation again. Yeah. And that's actually helping me get some more clarity in my day-to-days. And uh, those things, these, these well, visions and stuff will come to me while I'm doing that. Make no mistake, whether you're, you have addiction or you don't, the human brain is addicted to dopamine. Period. Period. Doesn't matter who you are. Every single person has... Feeling good feels good. Feeling good feels good. And it... We use a different thing to trigger how to get that dopamine. But you hear a lot of these people like, you know, the, the old cliche, you know, high on life. Yeah. The reason that that exists is we found a new way to trigger dopamine. And it's fixing that shit that was broken inside of us. The thing that was inside of us is saying, okay, I'm getting, you know, two drops of dopamine. It's not enough to run the system. I'm not happy enough, so I'm going to pour this liquor on it or I'm going to throw these pills down my throat or do whatever the hell else it is because I need to amp up that dopamine response inside my brain. Well, it just kind of stretches out the cup that needs to be filled every time. And then, you know, it doesn't matter how much shit you're pouring on it, you're never going to be fulfilled. But this work... Because I say work, because it ain't easy. 
It's simple, but it ain't easy. Yeah. Um, it's it's almost the difference between putting water in a cup with a hole in it, so it's just going to run out. Okay. This is almost like putting cement in that cup. You know, you're holding on to the things that truly do fill up that empty hole inside of you. That's what I'm doing anyway. That's that's how I feel about it. You know, every day that I wake up happy, like genuinely happy. Someone asked me that when I was about three months into this whole journey. I said, how are you, man? And I was like, you know, and usually I'd answer with the same you know, bullshit answer, you know, oh, I'm fine, you know, but I actually thought about it for a second and answered honestly, and I was like, man, I don't think I've ever been this good before in my entire life. If I have been, I don't remember it. Um, yeah, I suppose there's, you know, we would be taught that there was a point when we were kids where we actually mm-hmm. were this free. But I mean, I think uh, I, I said on Tuesday night, man, uh, you know, the topic at hand was, you know, to be returned to sanity. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't I'm remember. Sure I'm returning. I, like I, I don't remember too. when I was sane. I don't either. You know, I don't. I mean, I I have, I have to maybe believe there a was couple. a time, you know, and maybe like when I was your boy's age. Yeah, you know, and you can't really process that or whatever. Right. But yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember having that struggle for as long as I can. You know, I, if I've I got don't a memory, recall not having that, not fitting in feeling. Mm-hmm. If I have a memory from young. Most of it was me on my heels as opposed to me on my feet or on the tips of my toes. Um, you know, and my friends actually, when I was growing up, they, they mentioned something about it. Um, <laughs> I was like 17, man. I haven't fucking told this story. I don't. Uh, we were doing something. It wasn't anything extravagant or interesting overall. They were like, you know, hey, we're going to go do this. And I was like, okay. Like, dude, no matter what the fuck we say to you, good, bad, it's always the same response. Okay. Fuck it. Like, dude, I I mean, I get genuinely excited to do things these days. Like, you know, excited to come here. Uh, Excited to go to my Tuesday night meeting. You know? Yeah, I have a general optimistic outlook today yeah. on my day-to-day things and whatever's going on. Yeah. Which I never had. Me neither, man. I never fucking never had Never me. Nope. minute I punched into life, which is usually hitting my alarm clock, I was like, fuck. I was bracing mm-hmm. like for the next bad thing to happen. Yeah. You know, I was peeking around the corner before I turned the corner. You yeah. know, I was creeping around in life. Well, and you know, shadowing and bracing, and it's it's fucking it's fucking exhausting, man. That's 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 no way. You know, twenty, thirty years of bracing for the next wave. You know, just getting beat the fuck up, and you're doing most of the beating. Making the waves. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I, I you know I got to the point where I was drinking so much. That I had a like a running notebook of shit that had gone on during the day so that I could keep track of it. And then I would get to the point where I'd get so fucking hammered, I couldn't even read the notes that I was leaving for myself. Yeah. And so, 
to combat that, I started leaving voice notes, right? And so slurred and just fucking all over the place. Because I had this pattern, man, uh, at the end of my drinking. My wife would leave in the morning around 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. The drive through liquor store around the corner from my house opened at 8 o'clock. I gave her about enough time to leave for work and be on the road, and then I go to the liquor store. This is after I've already had a half pint or a pint to start my morning and try to hold it together long enough for that hour window while she's getting ready for work, you know. And then uh, she'd leave. I'd go, to, go get another pint. I'd get fucking blasted throughout the day. And then pass out at like 2.30 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon and sleep until she came home from work to sleep it off and then i'd be like oh you know babe hey you know i got us a couple bottles of wine for tonight for dinner and so that way i could like play off the the stank yeah and the maybe the slurred words by 6 30 at night you know and fuck if it was weekend man i dude i was drinking from the time i got up but i didn't technically start drinking until noon let's say and uh, <laughs> I drank bourbon when I was being ver- visually drinking, but it was vodka when I wasn't being visually drinking. It's easier to hide, man. Yeah. And uh, dude, she fucking knew, man. And she was just over the fight, man. Just over the fight. I would have been too. <laughs> I'm not getting anywhere with this shit. And she told me this week, man. I didn't know this, but she told me this week that she had called my mom and been like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, I need help. Shit's fucked up. And because my representative is so good, you know, mom didn't think that there was, you know, that 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 wasn't a possibility, Hmm. you know. Meanwhile, I missed her retirement party because I was so fucking... In that, not hungover, in that detox state where I couldn't, I knew I'd had to sober up enough to drive us to go to my mom's retirement party. Well, the sobering up aspect meant that I was going through detox. So I had to keep managing that with, okay, a shot here. Let's see how that balances me out. You know, it's a lot of work. Yeah, dude. And so, you know, that. She saw all of it. Most of the rest of the family just... Your wife? Yeah, my wife saw all of it. My, my, the rest of my family, they may have saw a bad situation here or there, but Not all bad. manageable, you know. And that was my representative. Meanwhile, the whole time, like in the back of my head, is like me, like the real me screaming, like somebody fucking do something. Somebody yeah. fucking call me on my bullshit. Like, how am I still getting away from this? Getting away with this? Like, I need somebody to fucking see what's going wrong. Yeah, somebody jerking not in my tail. Yeah. But yeah, but can't really actually ask for that. Yeah. I remember praying one time 
when I was doing a similar situation and brought to that, uh, you know, and I don't know that these are real prayers, you know, I really, but, but I do remember praying for this. Now I can say that I can actually say that in this situation, uh, to stop me. I want to hit a wall. I mm-hmm. need something to stop me. I'm not able to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a few, a few nights later, I got a DUI. It was the first one in 19 years. I didn't have one from the time I was 19 years old. And I was 30, 38 years old. Matter of fact, it, that night when I was sitting in jail or whatever, it was actually after midnight, I had turned 38 that day. Mm-hmm. It was, the girl took my driver's license and said, happy birthday. And, <laughs> I, and I didn't even really realize that was my birthday. I remember being shocked. Yeah. Like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but that's what's like the alcoholic part of this. And the other end of that is, is that, you know, when that happened to me, I went, I shook it off. Well, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I asked for something to stop me. I have actually an event mm-hmm. that had the potential to, you know, the Bob Earl talks about it, hit a wall and turn left or, you know, and the thing is, is I never did stop until I had something happen to me. I had to be physically stopped at some level, be it a DUI or enough trouble, enough consequences that would force me to stop. I just don't go, okay, today's the day. Uh, so that happened. But then, you know, it didn't take long, and I thought, actually, you know, I started like I was going to turn myself around, but then you start, you know, the body, with, when, the, when the body starts recovering, when I started, then the disease returned, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I blew off that event and said, yeah, that probably wasn't really the sign I was thinking it was yeah. a few weeks ago, you know. Oh, but, that was just a, eh. Yeah, that, that, that was one of those coincidences. Dude, I, I know that what I was praying for at the end was just lights out. We're looking for the end. Yeah. The real end. Real end. I had gotten to the point where I didn't know how to fix it. I don't know. Like I said, Tuesday night, I don't know how to fix any of this shit. Um, but I, I, I knew I, I was at the point where like, that's what I was praying for, man. Dude, just take me in my sleep, man. Don't make it fucking hurt. Don't let me realize enough about it. that scares me. Yeah. But everybody will be better off if I'm gone. Yeah. Then they won't have to worry about me no more. Then they don't have to worry about me. I don't have to fuck up. You know Ashley's life. I don't have to drag her down in the mud with me. Yeah. Um, we don't realize how much that really would have done that. Yeah. Right? At the time, yeah. And dude, I mean, I never told her this, but that I mean, I don't really know. Like I, I know what it was scared, but I don't know if it was saving my job. I don't know if it was really self survival had instinct had kicked in. Cause I don't think that's what it was. Cause I'd really gotten to the point where I was like, I'm going to shit on everything, man. I'm going to fucking just go to the numbers. And when I've pushed everyone away and fucked everything up in my life, I'm just going to go out in the backyard and it, um, but I've heard that before. Like people who are really, really in that spot, they lash out, they hurt, they, you know, they make the people that love them hate them so that they have that anger and that, you know, that, yeah, that fury behind it. And I mean, I was scared that I was going to lose my job. I was actually probably the thing that was, is honest to God truth is I was probably scared that I would actually fucking accomplish everything that I was putting in place Hmm. that I would, I would fucking pull this off. Like I would fucking piss off Ashley, piss off my family, shit on the mortgage, you know, 
get fired from my job, have no other fucking option. Because, you know, I would never live in my car. I would never live on the street. I would never do this, never do that. Man, I was a pussy, man. I was drinking the fucking slow way, man. Yeah, same thing here, man. So. I said I would never go to jail when that thing come down. And I was, that was going to be my... That was going to be my solution had it got to that. Yeah. I was not going. Yeah. Tales of woe, man. And it's just like, you know, 19 months of sobriety, right? On top of all those years of non-sobriety. You know, I'm still hard on myself. You know? Hmm. Like, you know, there's, there's certain things where it's like, you know, why can't, this is a ridiculous line of thought. Why am I thinking like this? Why am I doing this? Why? I'm like, I, I never, now I still have to take a step back and, you know, and usually in meditation or I have a, a, a meditation that I do when things are getting tense uh, in my brain to kind of slow down. And, it, uh, you know, I have to realize like, dude, I'm, I'm fucking learning how to live. You know, I spent a lot of time learning how to survive, but not live yeah. and thrive. Um, you know, daring to live instead of daring to survive or settling to survive. So, I don't know, man. Is that it? Is that it? I don't know. It's not it for me for sobriety, but... I know that's not such a case. I mean... You know, we have this thing going on in, uh, with these guys in this group, and, you know, uh, man, I feel a little beholden to them. Like to continue. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some there's accountability that's in this measure for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was saying before this, you know, I've been blessed with a number of sponsees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really can't let them down. And I yeah. know that starts getting to be in the weird territory at times. Putting but that's a piece of, of your it. Sobriety. That's a piece of it yeah. that, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I've been talking this talk, man. And I need to walk the walk, too. Uh, I have a certain amount of um, what accountability through our group and stuff that I want to continue to push and continue to, like be on this wave with everybody right, i want to yeah. like kind of like i think about like i think about like friends i had that failed grades and we were all had these click kind of things mm-hmm. and then the guy failed a grade and he fell back mm-hmm. and he's not in our grade no more yeah you know and it never could really he never could really get to be i had some particular ones that were just really 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 tight friends and when they fell back they never resumed. Yeah. Not with us. Never caught back up. They never caught back up with us, even though they were like, you know, in all real in all reality, they were welcome to. We lived in this neighborhood. It wasn't like he couldn't still walk over here. Right. You know, the grade difference really didn't have any difference in it. I know that's a little bit different here, too. I don't mean like that time is what this is about. But we're all like in this fight together. And there is something about falling off and trying to climb back up. Uh, I don't know if you've, you know, I've had one, well, I had that series of stumbles mm-hmm. with a little bit of recovery and then stumbled. And man, it was hard to get back up on my feet after falling. And I just have way too much good stuff going on in my life to sacrifice that. 
Right. I mean, it's like, be like, I just can't even fathom giving up what I have in my life today for that shit. Right. Well, I know that I had a couple attempts at sobriety. Well-meaning t- attempts. But, but never went to a meeting. Never did the steps. Never opened the book. Um, hell, I didn't get the book until I went into the brook. Didn't get a book? Or didn't get... Th- didn't get the big book until I, I went into the brook. Um, By getting it, you mean physically getting one? Yeah, like you, okay. picking one up. Putting the right. money on the table and getting a book. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I like, understand. Yeah. yeah. I know, but you could, get the book. Yeah, yeah. Well, understand? Quotes, no, get the book, n- or no, actually understand. have a physical book in yeah, my just paws. Not even giving myself the opportunity to get the book. Yeah. I hadn't even purchased the book. Um, couldn't tell me to go to a meeting. Fuck that. It's hokum. Yeah. It's you know witchcraft, cult, whatever you want to say. I actually heard a guy going to the spiritual underground and fresh, new was talking to you. Uh, and I think he said something like, well, you got to admit it's, it's, it's a cult mentality. Like, dude, you're talking yourself out coming to the meeting. Don't have to church it up. Like if you don't want to come to the meeting, don't come to the fucking meeting. Hit the road, Jack. Yeah. I don't, you don't, you don't need to sell me your story. If you're working on your story so that you can go tell your friends or your family or whoever it is, you're going to disappoint that this is the why, why you're not doing it. Don't use me I've as been your, to AA. It don't work. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't use me as your your sounding board to work on your story. Like I don't like. Thank you. You want to work on yourself? Come on, let's yeah. dance. All right. But you gave me the one of the best thing. Like, dude, I got a I got a buddy of mine. I won't say his name, but he's he's unhealthy with uh, addiction. And man, I I did the you know I got into the boat. And it was about the same time that he was wrestling with this problem. And dude, I fucking tried, man. I tried like, you know, you know, because he had a lot of problems with the higher power stuff, the cult side of it. You know, I'm like, dude, you know me since I was a kid. You were a kid. Like, dude, I'm nobody gave me Kool-Aid like. I don't, you know I ain't joining no cult, buddy. I'm like, you know, like, the science side of me, like, my brain, like, my, the cynical asshole that I tend to be about things, like, do you think if, like, I mean, there have to be some very convincing fucking liars with n- no motivation to get me on board. It's yeah. not like I have millions for them to sap out of me or something like that. I mean... I'm like, literally, there is no motivation other than you getting healthy that these people want. And, dude, just nothing, man. Fucking BB gun into a tank, man. Yep. And, you know, I even used your analogy. It was like, if you walked out in a minefield. Yeah. Yeah, I got that from somebody else, but yeah, I credit you with it because you're the one I heard it from. But I have that handy, too. Yeah, dude, I uh, that that's that's such a beautiful metaphor for the brain trying to reset itself. Imagine you're standing in the front of a minefield. On the other side of that minefield stands a soldier. Not only has he walked that minefield safely, but he has guided thousands of others through that minefield safely as well. 
He hails you from the other side and offers to guide you across safely. Do you, A, tell him he is well-meaning but really doesn't know shit about minefields? (laughs) Or B, shut up and listen to what he has to say, treading the path of thousands of others before you. One way guarantees you safe passage. Why tread a new path? Yeah. I mean, that's what I was trying to do with my quote-unquote attempts at sobriety before giving it a real chance was I was trying to walk that minefield on my own. And God, how did, how could I have possibly gotten blown up? You know, how could this have fallen apart in my face? And, you know, that's what I was trying to explain to my friend and his, you know, everybody's got their own path. I'm not here to, you know. Yep, it does. But, you know. Uh... But it's a friend. You want, you want, he's suffering. He's not getting it. He wants to get it, but, you know, it's not getting there. I'm like, dude, it's just like trying to talk yourself out of being diabetic, man. You can't do it. You, got, you can have a good game, but at the yep. end. And there's that thing, man, and I do I do a fair job of selling this program at some level mm-hmm. uh, by my actions and what you see in me, and and I can talk it. I've been, I have a little gift there, I believe, you know, and I can do that. But there's a time, you know, and I want to. You know, I do it not for uh, not for me. I do it because I want to see other people get what I have gotten out right. of this. You know, and if you're hurting and you want to get better, uh, this works for me, and I'm able to willing and able to share it with you. But man, I can fall cold real fast, man. Because when you start putting, I mean, there's a thing like the block and parry, right? Yeah. When I start getting that game going on, and everything I, you know, my tools become blocked, and them, they're they're all that. And I know it's time to walk away, you know, because uh, actually, you know, it gets to that more. Uh, say, uh, 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 continuing a stops me from helping somebody else, mm-hmm. where I'm wasting my time here, and I'm also uh, potentially blocking a time uh, uh, opportunity to be helpful to this particular person at a later date too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If I throw too much on them, burning but, that bridge. Yeah, but man, there's some people in my life, you know, that I desperately wish could get this, and I know that I can't. It's not gonna be me. Yeah, I mean, it might be, you know, I can. All I can do is be be a recovered soul and a, and and a and a example over there. But anything I do or say from any any kind of real action standpoint is gonna fall on deaf ears because those people cannot hear me. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's what this situation is. Um. I got another friend, heavy partier that I grew up with, and he went to the doctor, and the doctor's like, dude, you keep drinking, you're going to be dead in six months. And he quit drinking. Um, he's has his own maintenance program. Uh, but, you know, so my first friend that I was talking about, he looks at that like, oh, this is how I can progress into a what he calls sober life. I'm like, dude, that's that's fine. I mean, if you stay sober, it keeps you out of the hospital. Do what it's your path, man. I'm not here to tell you what's right, what's wrong. I'll tell you, it's not going to work for me. I can't think that I can do X, Y, and Z and not go back to where I was. Um, but also, I don't want that misery, man. Like, I, I. He's like, well, what do you, you know, the question, you know, what do you do? What do you do? What's your, what do you I'll fucking read, man? I'm bettering myself. Like, you know, talking about going back to school. I'm ha- you know, I had a kid like, 
Yeah, I can start going. You know, I, I'm living. Yeah, but we can also do. If you want to hear my, if you want to sit down, I can give you my resume of May of what I do today. Yeah, if you want to know what I do in if exchange you for that your stuff. Day, yeah, uh, yeah, and and I'm certain it's another miracle of my recovery and how I'm able to do. Um, there just ain't a whole lot of people that's doing as much as I'm doing at the moment, <laughs> and I don't know how I'm getting it all done. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to be sustainable. To be honest with you, my sponsor uh, keeps a thumb on my pulse there. Uh, but yeah, what do standing, I do today? I'm certainly next to you not. With a parachute. Uh, yeah, I'm certainly not. Uh, I'm certainly not having any trouble filling my life up with really fantastic stuff in exchange for that old life. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Wow. And I know, you know, and I watch guys like you, you know, and we have a number of uh, new fathers in our perimeter. Yeah. And some of them not so new, but have still younger children, you know, mine are beginning to grow up a little bit. But, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm watching, you know, these guys getting to be dads, getting to actually be dads, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's kind of world changing stuff when we get to actually start imparting these tools on next on future generations um, yeah there's a guy that eric you know i should say uh, his name's eric weinstein he's on these um some of these new thinkers that are presenting some of this stuff oh, like yeah. jordan peterson and yeah, yeah yeah sam harris and uh I like he says something he says the sense making apparatuses that used to work like religion and stuff are not working any longer yeah. They're losing their effectiveness. And we don't really say that they're faulty necessarily or anything like that. It's not a knock on them. The fact of the matter is they're not working for people anymore. There's a lot, you know, we wouldn't have going on in the world what we got going on. So they're all talking about what are we going to do? What is the new sense-making apparatus that we can employ to get, like, I mean, ultimately, like, get civilization back on track? You know, and we found one. Right. right. That's yeah. what, you know, I have one in my life and we have yeah. this. And the thing about it is we don't have to cult up and have this just like we were saying earlier. We don't necessarily have to have the exact same one. We don't all have to be kneeling to the same thing. And that's what is the beauty of this really is, uh, is that we don't. We can do this individually and together in some real odd dynamic that almost shouldn't work. You know, if you look at history, you, this doesn't work. You have to be all in alignment in your belief systems. Yeah. To, 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 to get along. Uh, that's been the history of our world. And, and when we don't align in belief systems is when we have wars and when we have yeah. segregation, kill each other and that kind of stuff. But that's not what's happening here. And I do, in a sense, in a way, you know, when that guy is saying that and I'm listening to him talk about it on a podcast or on YouTube or something like that, you know, I'm going, is this way of life that we've got that new sense-making apparatus the world is waiting on? Well, I mean, it's definitely, it works for me. It's a way that, dude, like, like even Tuesday night, I mean, so vastly spectrally different from one person to the next. How they got to the room, their background, what they've been through, their bottom, and people sitting there for an hour. I say an hour. That's that's really about forty minutes. Forty minutes. But then you know, there's the pre fellowship oh, yeah. and the after yep. fellowship, which that meeting turns into two hours. No oh, yeah. problem. Right, right, right. Yep. Um, 
people that would never mix in your opinion or in anyone's opinion uh, out in, in the real world, you know, come from vastly different backgrounds, daf- vastly different belief systems and go into that room. And I, I know there's other AA meetings out there like that. Um, there's gotta be, there's gotta I'm be. I'm not aware of them, but I, I, I've never be. been to another one. Um, but that Tuesday night group, man, you see people change and fast. Yeah. That's, you that's, yeah, you see guys that, you know, 60 and 90 days of recovery that are just, that are blasting off. Boom. Man. And, you know, and dudes are crossing over their year, like completely like recovered yeah. past tense. And I will use that freaking word. You know, we all say this, I am still recovering. Mm-hmm. I will that's that part of that continued thing, mm-hmm. but I'll certainly say that I have recovered yeah. from that hopeless, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Uh, yeah, man, people are getting well fast and are getting a lot of recovery really quick. And guys are talking, and that's something that's been, you know, they're speaking like they got, you know, in any other meeting, it's years, a 10 year years, sobriety. Years of sobriety. You know? Yeah. They've been around and they're not. They're, there was a guy in there the other day, in the last couple of weeks ago, uh, sitting next to me and he had shown, uh, he actually showed uh, another friend of ours the text where he got in the meeting and he sat mm-hmm. down and he texted another one of his buddies that he was at this meeting he's never been to before. Yeah. And these dudes are hugging and high-fiving and I'm not exactly sure what I've walked into. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he was uh, juiced up at the end of the meeting and now he wasn't back this past week, but... Uh, I'll tell you what juiced me the fuck up is this week, you know, at, on Tuesday night, I this is actually probably one of bigger God shots I've had in a juice moment. You know, I share a lot. Um, you know, that's one of the things I was told coming in early. Share. Share often. Get it off your chest. Learn um, to talk. Yeah, don't, you know, don't get hung up on is it meaningful. What do you, you know, say what, what you got. Um, don't just be a thief in the meeting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I shared on Tuesday night and... You know, it was from the heart. It was, you know, what I wanted to share. But I saw Billy, um, who was in Tuesday night. He'd only been in the week before, and he was 10 days back, you know. And he was saying, you know, he, he'd had a healthy chunk of sobriety and gone back out right, for two yeah. years. And, uh, you know, I definitely put a, an exclamation point when I do my uh, introduction. You know, I say, I'm fucking Eric. You know, uh, but dude, he fucking, he remembered me. He's like, man, Eric, I love hearing you talk. And yeah. I was like, oh shit. You know? Yeah. Praise from Caesar right there. Cause dude, him coming in that first night he came in and talking about, dude, I don't know if I can fucking do this again. You know, and he'd had 20 plus years of sobriety yeah. and yeah. gone back out and him, you know, coming in, I was like, fuck man. And what he had to share was just huge. And dude, we have people come in with burning desire i mean share and bring the heat yep Absolutely. in that meeting man and i don't it it's the culture that we kind of live by i think in our support group in that meeting is i don't care how broken you are i don't care what you're facing you come lay it out here nobody's going to judge you for your shit yep this is a place it's a safe fucking place talk Tell your shit. Get it off you, man. This is where you start your recovery. Yeah. You can go to other meetings, but this is where you start your recovering. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder when we're going to outgrow ourselves. Yeah. Uh, well, it means getting bigger and bigger. And, um, 
that's kind of there's a dynamic you know when somebody's hungry in there you see them really latch on and grow right mm-hmm. the flip side of that is if you're not Man, you do not come back to this meeting, man. People no. bolt. I've, 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 I like what I really like is when you see somebody like coming out of their skin in the meeting. Yeah. And they will go like go do the look out the hallway like they're looking for the restroom. Yeah. And poof. Yeah. Midway through we the had, meeting, we had somebody walk out last night or Did we? on Tuesday. Yeah. Got up in the half, made about halfway through the meeting, and was like, eh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here." And that's the disease taking you, saying, you know, that's like. That dude ain't ready because this because we bring it. We do. Yeah. There's guys in there. We're talking recovery at some other level. Well, man, I do not. I am enjoying talking big time. We are an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, I thought it was getting long. That's why I was like, uh. and I don't mind it. But I do uh, at the at the moment, and I, yeah. and I would actually like to stretch these podcasts at times, especially when we're doing this just conversational kind of thing because I yeah. think it's super cool. Uh, but I also don't want to like to wear out our welcome too bad on uh, on no, these yeah. early podcasts. Yeah, uh, it's super cool to have you in here though, man. And I love to talk I to you. I appreciate your uh, vision and your and uh, the way you articulate yourself, the way that you can the, the, to express your ideas. I always gel on that. I'm always like on point with what you're sharing and stuff. And uh, uh, I totally uh, I love the way you carry your recovery and the way you uh, express it. Uh, you know, we don't. It's a long time coming, man. You know, I, I, I the, you know, the same thing, that coincidence stuff, man. I don't, I believe that we have been brought together in a gathering here on purpose. And it goes into that sense making apparatus thing. I, I really do believe, and, you know, I do believe that we've been brought together for some kind of gathering of a purpose that uh, is for some higher good. And we all have these, you know, like you said a minute ago, you know, you said something about, um, I don't know, maybe about how some intelligence levels and some ways some people share and some things and I really wasn't I can't I don't want to paraphrase it exactly but about how we start to, to talking and, and people have got some real gifts to 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 put lay out and, mm-hmm. and express this stuff you know and it's poignant yeah uh, that's I think there's a reason you know where, where there's some there's some spiritual warriors so to speak and I don't want to be too arrogant about it but I, that are being brought together to protect this into further reaches. And I think it's all behind uh, my sp- part of it being behind my sponsor's wave of that moving along. And I think it's continue to be excited because I watch these guys getting this life behind them that, you know, becoming this recovered state that's beyond yeah. what you see just on a day-to-day basis. Dude, just, just, I mean, I won't keep going. You know, I won't keep circling the campfire, so to speak. But, I mean, there... <sighs> coincidence whatever the fuck like all of the the tumblers having to fall yeah the way that they did and me ending up where i did at right. the time period with these people and, you and you're know, not you and you know everybody I sit down with will tell the same thing yeah of some similar story and i mean and all those t- tumblers you know so then like you know you say that happened for you, like within your own thing. But think about like it, that Dan is a tumbler, and Eric and Shane and Chris, yeah. and you, know, and all of us are actually tumblers in a time lock, all right. falling into place together right. and in line like that. And uh, you know, that's uh, it becomes it's pretty pretty, pretty cool stuff. Cool, man. And yeah, and uh, you know, I don't. Hit, I'll leave that right where it is because I start. I, I will. I will leave that right where it is. To be. It's it's definitely worth further examination. Yeah, and we will continue to do that too, yeah. man. So, I mean, I'm just I'm fucking psyched that I was even, you know, 
that there was something about my story even, you know, that could be of a help or in interest out in the world, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, that is one thing that I found is, you know, you hear it's a different story, but it's the same story a lot of times. And, uh, you know, if there's some, if it's one fucking word, one sentence that I said that helps somebody out, man, great. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that makes me feel better. I like how, uh, one friend of ours said it, when we first started these, he helped us kind of launch this thing. He said, uh, you know, he actually just said it from his sponsor. And I don't know if it's going to help anybody, but it sure looks like it's helping y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is as fun. And, uh, and, and I really do uh, think it's going to be, it's going to, it's, I think, same thing, man. These coincidences, this stuff is not happening for no reason. These are not, these are, this is, there's a purpose behind this. And uh, we just all get to be like, uh, soldiers in the army a willing contributor yeah a willing contributor so cool man thank you for coming i'll close this up a little bit you know i do want to make sure that everybody knows uh we have the uh spiritual underground.org up and the podcast and a little bit of show notes are being posted in there also you can see a picture of the people who are speaking in here to kind of put that face with the name thing uh some people choose not to have their picture on there, and that is fine, too. We'll protect anonymity at the level that people personally want to protect that. So we, uh, we'll make sure that know that, that we are doing that. Uh, don't think that this is uh, any breaks. Uh, we're not breaking people's anonymity by, by, by doing that. We, we are allowed to, to break our own. Um, so I think that's a wrap. We uh, thank you for listening again tonight, and we'll keep on putting out content pretty much on a weekly basis the best we can. Uh, stay tuned in. Visit the website. Send uh, feedback to the email address on the website if you have any. If you're interested in uh, sitting in on one of these sessions and uh, having your story recorded and, and put on a Spiritual Underground podcast, uh, check out that email on, um, on the contact page on spiritualunderground.org. Thank you, Eric, man. Love you to death. Love your recovery. Thank you for coming tonight, man. Any Thanks conclude? for having me, man. I appreciate the opportunity for sure. Yeah, man. Love you. Love you too. Out.